Okay, um, first of all, thank you, Rabbi Rabinovich, for the introduction, and I want to thank all of you for coming. Um, just a word, if you are expecting practical demonstrations, practical halacha about how to check for bugs, how to check tefillin, how to check shatnas, you're in the wrong place. We are not talking about practical things and how we do stuff. As you notice, I don't have any lettuce over here. I don't have any tefillin. Uh, we're talking about some halachic matters. And the issue comes up. Um, I actually had some source sheets, but you'll have to follow along to the best of your ability. When do we check Alpi Halacha? The paradigmatic case involves a Gemara on Dafyut Beis and Chulin, where the Gemara tells us that you follow Rov. The Cholatarakula, we follow the majority. The Gemara has a number of possible sources for Rov. Potentially, there's a distinction between Ruba the Isakamon and Ruba the Lesakamon. Ruba the Isakamon means I have a set in front of me. I have ten stores. Nine are kosher, one isn't. That's a ruba de isakamon. Ruba de lesakamon is statistics. And the Gemara says that I follow rov both by ruba de isakamon and ruba de lesakamon. So the halacha is you follow the majority. So why on earth, when I shecht an animal, do I check the lungs to make sure that it's kosher? Why do you do that? If you follow rov, so you shouldn't have to check anything. Why is it that we check the lungs of an animal? And not only is the question, why do I check the lungs? But the question is, why do I check the lungs as opposed to anything else? Let's go slowly. There are yud ches trepos. The Gemara says that there are 18 deformities that an animal has, which renders the animal non-kosher. For example, Let's say the krum shomoach, let's say the membrane of the brain has a hole in it. So that's a trefa. Let's say you have an, an animal that is an amputee. The leg is cut off. So that one's pretty easy to tell. That's also a trefa. The halacha is that the only trefa I check for of these 18. The only one I check for is the lungs. If you've ever seen the way they shecht an animal, is you shecht the animal, then you cut the animal open, and you look at the lungs. There are basically five different lobes of lungs. What we do is that we blow it up. If you have a shofet who's an old-timer, he'll take his mouth and he'll blow up the lungs. It's a little bit yucky. Um, but today we use like some air, just like you fill a bicycle. You fill up with air. You see, is there a wound, a puncture, a hole? You, feel, you touch it inside, you touch it outside, we check the lungs. But the only trefa I check is lungs. I don't check any of the other 17, only the lungs. And why am I checking the lungs at all when the halacha is I follow rov? So the Rishonim all comment, Rashi, Ramban, the Rashba is probably the clearest on Daftes and Kulan, they all comment that you have to check when there is something that is called a mi'otamotli. When you have a minority, but the minority is somewhat frequent. 
It happens occasionally. That's when I check. Zakt Rashi, the Rashba, the Ramban, that the only one of the Trefis, that's a Miyotamotsui, is the lungs. Everything else is not a Miyotamotsui. That's the halacha. Right? It's not Miyotamotsui that there's a hole in the membrane of the brain. That's extremely infrequent. But the lungs is somewhat frequent. It's a Miyotamotsui. So, what exactly is miotamatsui? These are the key words in checking. Checking vegetables, right? It depends. Is it miotamatsui? Is it not miotamatsui? What is miotamatsui? So these here are supposed to be about Mesechas Gittin. And the Mishkanis Yankov, Mishkanis Yaakov had the worst job on the planet. He is a Litvak, and he's the Rub in Karolin. It's a really bad job, right? Rabbi Yaakov ben Asher, his brother was the Karen Ora. They're buried right next to each other. Mishkan Yaakov and the Karen Ora. So Mishkan Yaakov, in the Tshuva, Simen Tesezayin and Simen Yudzayin, Mishkan Yaakov brings a raya from a mission in Gittin. The mission in Gittin says that there are three times a year that I have to check my wine. Teeny bit of background. Amafrish, Trumas, and Maestris from my wine. I have a big barrel of wine, and what I'm doing is I'm going to use this barrel for my truma of all the wine for the rest of the year. Well, the halacha is I can't take truma meaning if my wine is now vinegar, I can't use this barrel of wine to take truma for the rest of my wine the wine that I produce all year. I don't want to have to take truma from every bit of wine that I press. So what I do is I have this big barrel, but there are three times a year, up the Mishnah, that I have to check my wine to make sure it did not become vinegar. Okay. That's what the Mishnah says. Zuck the Mishnah is Yaakov. Okay, that's a Mishnah in Gittin. But you have to put the Mishnah in Gittin together with the Mishnah in Baba Basra. The Mishnah of Baba Basra teaches me, that when I sell you various items, sometimes it's a mekach tos, sometimes it's not a mekach tos. Let's say I buy a car, and the car does not have headlights that work. So you return the car. Right? That's called a mekach tos. The whole deal is no good. I think New York State has something called the Lemon Law. Right? That if you buy a car and it's just like not functioning, you return it. That's called metachtos in halacha. Now, if I buy um, certain material, certain produce, and I notice that some of it is no good, so depending on how much is no good, that's what determines whether it's a metachtos or not. So, Zuck the Mishnah, Baba Basut Sadigimel. If I buy 10 barrels of wine and one of those barrels is vinegar, so it's still okay. But if I have more than one tenth, then the deal is no good. Then it's a mekartos. So Mishkin Siakov says, well, well, let's put these things together. I have a Mishnah in Gittin that says there are three times a year I check my wine to make sure it's not vinegar. 
And I have a mission in Baba Basra that tells me this number of one-tenth. So therefore, says the Mishkanis Yaakov, you have to check whenever there is a 10% likelihood that it's going to be bad. That, says the Mishkanis Yaakov, is the definition of mi'ot hamatsui. So if I have a vegetable, lettuce, is there a 10% likelihood that there are going to be bugs in the lettuce? I don't know. If there is a 10% likelihood, you have to check. No 10% likelihood, you don't check. You don't have to check if it's 9%. 10 or more, you have to check. That's the Allah of Miyotamatsui. That's what the Mishkanis Yaakov says. The Mishkanis Yaakov was a super machmir. Now you have to remember, there were two Rabbonim in Europe who were invited out about various issues. The Mishkanis Yaakov and I would say his friend, but it's more like his frenemy, the Beis Ephraim. The Beis Ephraim is the rough and brud, and they disagree. The Mishkan Yaakov tried to apostle every Erev in Europe. The Beis Ephraim has a number of chuvas trying to say that every Erev is kosher. So here also, the Mishkan Yaakov says, you know what? There's a real problem. You have to check. 10% likelihood, you have to check. The Beis Ephraim says, come on. You're making this idea of 10% up. It's not really true. In fact, the Beis Ephraim says that, you know what? You don't really have to check Me'ikar Hadin ever. You never have to check. The Pisgah Tshuva in Yerodeh Simon Lamed Aleph quotes the Mahlokas between the Mishnah Yaakov and the Beis Ephraim. For various halachic reasons, the Beis Ephraim says you don't have to check. But the position of the Mishnah Yaakov is accepted, that you have to check when there's a 10% likelihood. That's Nikudah Rishonah. Nikudah is checking a din da'iraisa or a din drabonam. When I have a 10% likelihood that my vegetables have bugs, I have a 10% likelihood that the lungs of my cow are going to be problematic. Is that a din da'iraisa that I check or is it a din drabonam? The Shach writes in Yerodeya Simen Lamentes, it's a din drabonam. Zuck the Shach, on the level of the Oraisa, you never have to check. We follow Rove. The majority of cases, these lungs are going to be kosher. You don't have to check them at all. Min HaTorah. Midrabonan, you have to check. That's what the Shach writes. The, the Beis Ephraim says you only have to check lungs for technical reasons. Comes along the Mishkan Yaakov. Super Mahmir. Mishnah Yaakov says, you know what? When you have to check, and he's arguing on the shach, this is a big deal. Mishnah Yaakov says, when you have to check, it's a din da'oraisa. Torah law says, I have to check. Min ha-Torah. And the raya that the Mishnah Yaakov has is from a tosis in Menachos that's quoting a Midrash Halacha. Tyson Dachmem Gimel in Menachos learns from the Pasuk Miyamim Yamima that you have to check your tefillin periodically. Miyamim Yamima. That Pasuk Miyamim Yamima is a Pasuk in Parshas. Bo, it's either talking about carbon Pesach or it's talking about Chukas tefillin. But the Tyson Simenachos says that I see from Miyamim Yamima 
that you have to check your tefillin periodically. Occasionally, I have to check my tefillin. Says the Mishkan Yaakov, if I'm learning from a Pasuk that I have to check my tefillin, that tells me that checking is a din de oraisa. According to Torah law, I have to check. And therefore, when the Shach says that checking the lungs of my animal is only a din de rabbanan, Shach, you're a nice guy and all that, you probably had a beard, but let's be honest, you're wrong. Because min ha you have to check, says the Mishkan Yaakov. That's what I learn from Tefillin. Comes along the Meshechachma. Meshechachma is Remeir Simcha HaKohen of Dvinsk. The Meshechachma in his commentary on Chumash, on Parashas Bo, on that Pasuk Miyomim Yomimo, the Meshechachma says, you know what? Mishkanis Yaakov got it wrong. Because, yeah, I have to check my tefillin, and that's based on the Pasuk, and that's a din raisa. But tefillin is a mitzvah asay. I have a positive obligation to wear tefillin. Checking the lungs of a cow over there, what I'm doing is I'm trying to avoid an iser. I'm trying not to violate a love of eating non-kosher. Says the Meshechachma that you have to check on the level of Deoraisa to ensure that you do a mitzvah's assay, that you are fulfilling a positive command. But when I am trying to make sure I don't violate a negative command, so in that situation, there is no Torah obligation to check. Right? Funda- it's a fundamental yesod of the Meshachachm. He says, you know what? Torah law says you have to check in order to fulfill positive mitzvahs. You better make sure you're filling a kosher. If you're filling a non-kosher, you don't get the mitzvah wearing filling. So therefore, you better check. But when it comes to checking my lungs, not my lungs, comes to check the lungs of a cow to make sure that that cow is kosher. So over there, what I'm trying to do is make sure I don't violate the prohibition. That's only a rabbinic obligation to check. Checking for bugs, rabbinic. Checking for shotness, rabbinic. But checking my tefillin, checking my mezuzah. By the way, mezuzah checking is very easy. You just take the scroll, you unroll it, you read it. You see, are all the words there? Right? We should all know Shema Bahayam Shema. Pretty easy. Checking the mezuzah doesn't require a sofa. I apologize to all those sofa and I'm just trying to put out of business, but you don't need it. Um, yeah. How does Chazaka interact? How does Chazaka interact? So again, on the level of the Iraisa, I follow a Chazaka. On the level of Dirabanan, I have certain situations where I have to check. That's because Chazaka only goes so far. Alternatively, the other way of saying it, which um, is relevant for tefillin, is as follows. Ritzlein Nizam and Arbach writes that you never have to check your tefillin today. Our tefillin are sealed very well. The chance that your tefillin actually became puzzle is infinitesimal. 
you always rely on the chazaka, unless, let's say your tefillin fall into the bathtub. Why are your tefillin fell into the bathtub? Haven't got the foggiest idea, <laughs> but they fell in the bathtub. You leave your tefillin on the windshield of your car in a hot summer day, so then there's a reyes on the chazaka. So in that situation, you really have to check. So chazaka, if it's a strong chazaka, you rely on it, and all of the rules of checking don't apply. The Magen Avram has this in Simen Chof. The din is that you're supposed to check your tzitzis, ideally, before you make the bracha. The, mug, right? the Mishnah Baruch, what's the Magen Avram? That if your tzitzis aren't likely to get ripped, our strings are stronger, so therefore you rely on the chazaka. But let's assume I don't have a strong chazaka. So in that situation, I have to check. Says the Meshachachma, when it comes to fulfilling a mitzvah da'iraisa, a positive command, a mitzvah saseh, so then there's a da'iraisa obligation to check. When it comes to not violating an iser, so then checking is only rabbinic. This distinction between positive mitzvot versus lavin is relevant for many cases. Um, Rav Shechter has in his Sefer Be'ikveh Hatzon on page 74, the following idea. We know that the Avos fulfilled all of the Torah before Torah was given. No? Avram, right, the Gemara only says about Avram. It doesn't say about the other Avos, but presumably it's true about the other Avos as well. So the Ramban asks Akasha, he says, one second, Yaakov Avinu married two sisters. That's a lav in the Torah. How do you marry two sisters if you fulfill all of Torah before Torah is given? It's a good kasha. So Rav Shechter quotes in his Sefer Be'ikveyatzon, the answer to this kasha is a distinction between Mitzvah's essay and Mitzvah's Lose essay. When I say that Kiyam Avram Avinu Kula, that means he's volunteering to do something. You can volunteer to do a positive mitzvah. But when it comes to not violating a prohibition, you can't volunteer. So you're right. Avram Avinu keeps all of Torah before it's given. So therefore, Avram, Avram Avinu works filling. But Avram Avinu is not, or Yaakov Avinu in our case, is not going to refuse to marry two sisters because that's a love. And when it comes to Lavin, there is no idea of volunteering. The same distinction that Meshachachma has, that checking is necessary for Mitzvah Sasei, this applies to like a thousand areas of halacha, distinction between Mitzvah Sasei and Mitzvah Slo Sasei. Rav Shechter in his Sefer, the Ikve Hatzon, um, points all of this out. So the first point we have is the Taisvis in Menachos that says that checking seems to be a Do'oraisa, and based on this, the, the Meshachachma says we can reject the Mishkan Yaakov. It happens that in defense of the Mishkan Yaakov, we could say as follows. Mishkan Yaakov is comparing checking animals, checking the lungs, to tefillin. The Meshachachma says, well, well, you can't compare Mitzvah's essay to Mitzvah's Lois essay. So there's a beautiful Sefer Chavatzelos Hasharon on Chumash. And I'm more to The best thing about the Chavatzelos Hasharon is when I used to learn the Chavrus of Shai Shechter. So when we'd have questions, sometimes we'd send him an email. He'd write back like in 10 minutes. The guy's unbelievable. So Rabbi Karlbach in the Sefer Chavatzelos Hasharon suggests that perhaps 
the, um, the Mishkanis Yaakov is assuming that Shechita and as a result Shrefis is also a Mitzvah Sasei. Let me explain for a second. The Rambam writes that there's a Mitzvah to Shecht. That's what the Rambam writes. There's a Mitzvah to Shecht. The Ramban jumps up, the, excuse me, the Raivig jumps up and down and spits water nickels and he says, Mitzvah to Shecht. What do you mean? Shechting is a way not to eat non-kosher. But the Rambam says that there's a mitzvah to shecht. Point one. Point two. In the Sefer Imre Moshe, who is one of the brisker gedolim, the Imre Moshe in Simon Dalet has the following idea, and Reb Velvel has this also, that trephus, right? Let's say an animal has a deformity in it. So what does that mean? Does that mean that I shecht the animal and the shechita is okay, but then there's a separate issue, a psal of a trefa? Says the Imre Moshe, based on an interesting proof, the Imre Moshe says, no, if the animal has a trefa, the lungs in that animal are, have a hole in them. Or there's a sircha, there's an adhesion. And that adhesion means that either there is definitely a hole or potentially there is a hole. But in those situations, in those situations, if there's a trefa, says the Imre Moshe, that means the shrita was no good. It's not that a trefa is a separate halacha that says the animal is non-kosher, although the shrita was good. The Imre Moshe says he proves in the halacha ben pakua. Ben pakua means I shecht the mother and there's a baby inside. So the halacha is the baby is kosher. Right? That's ben pakua. Let's say I shecht mam, and the shechita is a fine shechita. You fulfill all the five halachos of shechita. There's no shehiyah, no drasa, no chalot, no hagrama, no ikor. You fulfill all the five inyanim of shechita. But the animal has a perforation in the lung. Says the Imre Moshe, based on this Gemara, the Gemara says that, you know what? By Ben Pakua, if mami is a trefa, the baby is not kosher. That means that the shechita on mami is not a good shechita. That means that shrefa invalidates the shechita. If I take this further, so comes along Rabbi Karlbach and he says, very creative. He says, you know what? When I check an animal's lungs to make sure there's no perforation, to make sure the animal's not a trefa. What I'm really doing is I'm checking the lungs to make sure that the shrita was a good shrita. So therefore I'm checking the animal's lungs according to the Rambam to make sure I did the mitzvah of shrita. Because the Rambam holds that shrita is a mitzvah. By the way, the Rub hated this interpretation of the Rambam. If you look in Rosh Hashanah's Sefer Mepnine Harav, um, in Parshas Re'eh, Rav Shechter says that, like, the Rav said, this is not the Pshatin, the Rambam, but the Kesef Mishnah warns like this, so there's what to rely on. But the basic idea that we're developing is, again, there is a mitzvah asay min ha to check when, or there's an obligation to check when there's a 10% likelihood, there's a Torah obligation to check if I'm coming to fulfill a mitzvah min ha like tefillin. The Meshach Chachma assumes 
that by trephus, there is no Torah obligation to check the lungs. It's only a rabbinic obligation because it's a lav. We're saying a razzle-dazzle approach that maybe trephus is also a way of fulfilling the mitzvah min ha-Torah of shkita as understood by the Rambam. That's point one. Difference between mitzvah assay, mitzvah los assay. Point two. The Mishkanis Yaakov's proof that you have to check when there's a 10% likelihood. That means 10% of this vegetable has bugs. By the way, what does that mean? Does that mean in one out of 10 bites, I'll get a bug? Does that mean in one out of 10 plates of lettuce, I'll get a bug? One of 10 heads of lettuce, I'll find a bug? One of 10, right? Shipments of lettuce. It's not abundantly clear. Rav Schechter holds, and I think this is the most reasonable, it depends on serving size. Because everything else is arbitrary. It's arbitrary how large my head of lettuce is. It's arbitrary how many heads of lettuce I get in the box. But be it as it may, Mishkanis Yaakov proves from this halacha of checking the wine to make sure it's not vinegar, that 10% is the definition of miyatamatsoi. Okay, great. What are the differences, though, between checking lungs and checking wine to see that the wine is vinegar. And remember, he gets 10% because of this Mishnah in Baba Basra that says that when I sell 10 barrels of wine and one barrel is no good, so then it's still okay, but if it's more than one, it's a mechakos, the deal is no good. What are the distinctions? How can we possibly reject the Mishkanis Yaakov's quantitative proof of 10%. Anyone want to take a stab at this? Yes, sir? Are 10% of lungs trace? Yes, let's assume that that's correct. Um, in our world today, it's probably not correct um, because we only shaft healthy animals. But um, if you shaft like the animal when it's 97 years old on the way out, so then, right, yeah? So that's an interesting issue. In other words, do you need an expert to do the checking? Like when it comes to checking lettuce, for example, people in Kashra say you have to know what to look for. The assumption that I'm making in this conversation is I determine who checks based on a standard person, whether a standard person will find the bug. Rabbi Tom Hinken, Hashem Yikum Domo, wrote a beautiful safer about checking for bugs. It's called Lachem Yigela Achla. Right? You can tell, like, this man is a big cool, he's a big make all about, like, checking for bugs. Lachem Yigela Achla. So in Rabbi Tom, Hashem Yikum Domo's safer, he tries to show from all the Mepharshim, all the Polskim, that it depends on the normal person, average eyesight, do you notice the bug or not? Let's assume that that's the the yardstick. But there still are differences between checking wine. Well, it's a normal cell now. You're selling barrels by a dozen, or you're buying a cow by the amount? So, barrels, again, I have one out of ten. 
um, and I could extrapolate from there to to cows, but you might be getting at this. Who says Mekartos, Choshen Mishpat, is the same as Yeridea? Right? In Choshen Mishpat, I sell 10 barrels. If more than one barrel is no good, then the sale is invalid. Can I extrapolate from one area of halacha to another area of halacha? Right? There are different halachos by Choshen Mishpat when it's a question of a sale, whether it's good, it's no good, a question of ownership. So then the rule of football applies. Possession is the game. Right? Hamotzi mechavera olav haraya. When it comes to questions in Yeridea, I say, Suffolk derives from Chumra, Suffolk derives I have different rules of Kosher Mishpat and Yeridea. So the Mishkanis Yaakov's proof is, first of all, questionable because he's bringing a proof from his combining a Mishnah in Gitin with a Mishnah in Baba Basra. And Baba Basra, I'm talking about Kosher Mishpat. How can you compare Kosher Mishpat to pure Isra Heter? How can you make that comparison? But there is another fundamental difference between checking wine and checking bugs, checking shatnas, let's say. It's easier to see like, if the wine is vinegar than maybe if there's a bug? It's, hard to it's easier to see or to taste, okay. But we're going to develop that a little bit more. Some are correctable, some are not. Some are. I mean, bugs, I could clean out. So bugs, I could clean out. That's true. If I find the bug, I have to clean it. I, I can't make vinegar into wine unless I have certain talents which are not found in the Old Testament. <laughs> but um, is vinegar potentially like a scale, meaning it solely becomes vinegar versus bugs either there or it's not there? Correct. Rav Vosner in the Chuvna Shevet Halevi in Chelek Dalid, I think you were sort of hinting at this. Why becoming vinegar is like a natural process? So you can't compare that to whether there are bugs in your lettuce, right? Bugs end up in the lettuce because there's something from the outside that comes in. The lettuce itself was very tasty, very geschmack, amazing, but bugs come from the outside. When it comes to wine becoming vinegar, so then maybe I have to check because it's natural that wine becomes vinegar. Who says I have to check trephus? It's not natural that an animal will develop a puncture lung. That's not a natural occurrence. But wine becoming vinegar is natural. Yeah? Wouldn't the wine only become vinegar if the barrel was punctured? No. No, no, no. Wine becomes vinegar because there's heat. Wine becomes vinegar because... Wine becomes vinegar. There are things called kosher bugs that develop, in the Simon Pedal of Yeridea, there are certain things that develop inside the vegetable when it's still attached to the ground. That's not considered halakhically a bug. That's not based on spontaneous generation, really. That's based on the pasuk of Sheretz HaSheretz Al-Oretz, as opposed to whether it's mukubar to the ground. Um, it's slightly different. But the point of the distinction between a natural occurrence, like wine becoming vinegar and not, seems to show that maybe 
this 10% number is not correct. The Mishkanist Yankiv's 10%, which, by the way, is accepted by all the Kashrus agencies, but there's room to debate it. And you could debate it going up or going down. There's a Chuba Nerivash who says that Miyat Hamatsui is Karov Lamechza. That you only have to check when there is something close to 50%. This gentleman is like a huge Kula. Right? A massive Kula. On the other hand, most of the contemporaries on this Rav Vai, who like wrote a Sefer on Bidikas Hamazon Kilchasa, it has like every Chumra about checking for bugs. He says maybe Miyat Hamatsui is 4.5%. Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 7%. They make these numbers up. Very hard to know. Rav Vosner writes in that truth on Chelek Dalad. He says that in his opinion, Miyat HaMotsui is not a statistical, quantifiable number. Miyat HaMotsui means, am I surprised or am I not surprised? Right? If I look at my lettuce and I say, oh my gosh, a bug! How did that happen? And like, I'm calling the news. So then, that's not a miyatamotsu. But if it's something that's like somewhat expected, that is a miyatamotsu. So basically, yeah? So is that, is there like a quality, like a, a quantity like type thing? Like if, like if you're if you're a show player, right? Like you're seeing a, or I shouldn't make sure, let's say like you're, like you work at a restaurant, like you see lettuce all the time, so it's, oh, you're going to see a lot more bugs and lettuce the guy who, like, who checks at home once in a while when he's making like, shabbos or salad. So, so again, in a, I think that's a fair point. Um, although, once I'm working with serving size, so there's really no difference between at home and in the restaurant. Do I find bugs in one out of ten serving sizes, or seven and a half percent, or five percent, whatever the number is, if I'm using a quantifiable thing, or... Do I say it depends on whether I'm surprised? It's not abundantly clear what miyatamatsui is. Now, the question is, should I turn off the recorder at this point? Um, the basic idea is that it should depend on the quality of the vegetable that you're buying. And when I did some bug checking with my shear this year, so if you buy high-quality lettuce, and people like this time of year, you're paying for the Seder, so you check your lettuce. So, you buy high-quality lettuce. When was the last time you really found a bug in grade A lettuce? Never. Never. Who said that? Yeah, that's right. That's probably correct. Um, or, if you find a bug, you're like, wow, you know, let's call the news. Like, it's not... It happens that when I did bug checking with my shear, so we went out to the street on St. Nicholas Avenue, the worst vegetables in New York City are Washington Heights. We're number one. Right? Now, it's really hot. So the issue is, it might depend on the quality of your lettuce. The issue also is when it comes to shotness checking. So what type of suit are you buying? There are certain suits that, um, the funny thing about checking for shatnas is the highest end and the lowest end are where you're likely to find shatnas. You buy stuff in the middle, you're not. In the most expensive suits, you're going to find shatnas inside the collar. In the least expensive suits, if you buy like some suit in like a street in Moscow, right? So you're going to have the whole thing is going to be shatnas. It's 
the cheapest and the most expensive suits are likely to have shatnas. A standard suit does not. Do I have to check my suits for shatnas? The minhag is that we check everything for shatnas, largely because it's not a big deal. But Moshe writes in the Truvan, that the practice is that we check everything for shatnas. The Chayu Adam writes in the Sefer Yeridei and the Chachmas Adam, he says that you should check any bite of food that goes into your mouth. It's a Midas Chasidus. Um, the Pashtus in the Chayu Adam is because if you're really nervous about eating non-kosher, the Gemara has an idea in Gitin Davzayin and elsewhere that Behemtam Shal Tzadikin Eina Kachboku Mevi Takon Ayudein Tzadikin Atzal Kosher Kain that there's an idea that eating non-kosher pollutes your soul. Right? It makes it, it's called Timtum Halev. So when the Chayo Odom writes, I should check every bite that goes into my mouth as a Chumrah, right? Chayo Odom is assuming that there's an obligation to check, but every bite you should check as a Chumrah. One could argue that's true only with respect to tarfus, eating non-kosher food, because in that situation it might pollute your heart. That, by the way, is probably, we'll leave it like that. But Reb Moshe extends it to checking for shatnas. Reb Moshe says that the practice is that we check all of our suits for shatnas. I think it's very reasonable that if you go to a store and the store owner says, you know what, this suit does not have shatnas. If you go to a from store, for sure, the person is never on them. This suit doesn't have shatnas, you don't have to check it. If you go to a non-frum store, so the person doesn't have nemonos, so then if you know, there's an idea called bedikat midgam, that you test, you test like a sample size. So bedikat midgam, technically speaking, should not help. In Simen Kuf of Yeridea, we say that if something needs checking, you have to check the whole thing. However, bedikat midgam, Rabbi Tom Hinkin points out, that I'm checking a sample size because what I'm doing is I'm isolating this sample. I'm saying this type of lettuce does not have bugs. It's a different category than other types of lettuce. This type of suit does not have shotness. In these situations, so Badikat Midgam probably helps. The notion of checking, um, again, it's... Rabbi Willig um, happens to hold the halacha that you don't have to check grade A lettuce. Um, in the Vat of Riverdale, however, they do check lettuce, largely because you want everyone to eat in your restaurants. Like, practically speaking, they're going to find out that you don't um, check. They won't come. The bugs in, in New York City water. So it probably depends on seasonal variations, whether there's copepods. The Rabbi Bleich holds, I take a cup of water, I check my cup of water a few times, I don't see, co- you have to know what you're doing. Because sometimes the copepods, the copepods will end up in our water, or what they call skeletons. That you have like, um, basically the flesh came off of the copepods. Um, if you know how to check it, so Rabbi Bleich holds, you check a few, you check a sample, periodically, every time during the year, you know, you check some samples, and you say, this time of the year I don't have copepods. The Pashta says, the simple understanding of the halacha is that if checking is based on this 10% likelihood of the Mishkan Yaakov, which the Kashas agencies accept, even though it's very debatable, but we should probably break things down based on specific units. 
So you can't take Ravai's Sefer in Eretz Yisrael, and you can't say, oh, therefore I'm going to check all of my flour. In Eretz Yisrael, right, the flour is probably stored for a much longer time before it comes to market. There's a greater likelihood of having bugs in it. In our, in the U.S., there's probably less of a likelihood. Right? Is there enough of a likelihood that it rises to me at Hamatsui? So, I don't know. I don't know. The Pashto says you don't have to check flour in the United States. I don't think anyone does that. Do you have to check lettuce? It probably depends on the time of year. But, again, if you don't know, then the standard practice is that we do check it. Um, I said at the beginning, I'm not, taking, I'm not talking about practical halachalamaisa. I'm talking about lumbus. I'm talking about the differences between mitzvah of tefillin and mitzvah of trephus, and then the possibility that maybe shefting an animal and finding trephus is also mitzvah And I'm talking about whether 10% is really the yardstick by which I measure miyatamatsui. Very questionable that you can compare wine becoming vinegar to anything else. Very questionable. Is there a difference between Isurim Oh, absolutely. In other words, all these halafas are based on Isurim Dairaisa. Um, by Isurim Dairabonon, so it's very reasonable that we should be more makele. It happens that in Shatnis checking, um, the Gemara says that Shatnis Dairaisa is only Shoah Tovah Benoz. Right, so... In our suits, it could be that the shatnas inside, in the liquid shatnas lab, they'll check the buttons on your jacket because occasionally they find it. Um, in the Williamsburg shatnas lab, they only check the collar of suits. Is it the shatnas doirice? I think the shatnas in the collar is less likely to be doirice than just encased. Right? The shatnas with the buttons are more likely to be doirice. However, it's less likely to happen. Um, so there's definitely no miyatamatsu and shatnas on the buttons. In Lakewood, they follow this idea that Ramosh has an atruvach and kausim and ayin beis, that you may as well check everything, like the Chayo Odom says with respect to eating non-kosher, even though we had our distinction between um, eating trephis, which is metamtein the lave, it like pollutes me, as opposed to... Um, Shatnas, which is a bad thing, although I should point out that the notion that we mentioned that tarfos, that eating non-kosher does something to pollute the soul, is somewhat questionable because the Lashon of the Gemara in Yuma is Avera, is Right, That means any Avera creates something that pollutes the soul. Many times the Prima Godim in Yeridea writes, that I don't understand the sugya properly, machmas because I sinned, so therefore I don't have proper pshat. Meaning, assuming that timtum halev means an, in- an inability to really learn Torah 100%, so it could be, based on the simple reading of the Gemara, against the way we're understanding that taisis, could be based on the simple reading of the Gemara, that any avera that you do prevents you from learning Torah. So I think we can conclude by saying don't do Averis and learn Torah and thank you for listening.